This is a weekly squeeze. I am your host, Hanala Music, coming at you with all the news you need to know about the war in Israel. I'm going to help you get through this. We are in it together. I will update you on all the defense and security information you need to know, inspire you with some of the incredible stories coming out of Israel and all around the world, and help you get through and make some sense of this difficult time. This is episode 146 of the Weekly Squeeze. I am Hanala, coming at you, not from Israel. Yes, you heard me right. I am actually not in Israel. And the reason I am not in Israel is because 48 hours ago, my husband sat me and my children down and basically told us that he had purchased tickets to go to Florida. As you could imagine, my reaction was, let's just say loud enough that my neighbor downstairs called to see if everything was okay. I was like, never, never over my and the truth is the things that I used to say, I can't even say anymore. I am not leaving Israel. I would rather die here than be happy anywhere else. And that's it. But here I am. I am in Florida. And the reason I am in Florida is because my husband works here on a regular basis. And he had a scheduled flight for last night. And he couldn't leave. He could not leave his family in Israel, which is currently in day five of one of the most, if not the most extreme and intense wars that our people have ever experienced. And he could not, in good faith, leave his children in a country where, and this happened as I was leaving, infiltrations are taking place all day and all night long from terrorists trying to kill his children and his wife and his neighbors and his relatives and friends. So I, for the sake of Shalom Bias, agreed to come to Florida to my parents' house with my kids for 10 days. I have a return ticket in 10 days' time. Even though today I was, I was in full, I literally got off the airplane sobbing. I was like, how, how did this happen? How did this happen in the blink of an eye? How am I here with my parents? <laughs> Love you, Manta. But seriously... I told my husband, I need to go back. I need to go back. Can, we, can I go back right now? Please, can I go back right now? Just Let's just drop the kids off at home. I will go back. I will be fine. I need to be there with my sisters. I need to be there with my neighbors. I need to be there with my people. I can't be here. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Especially as a Lubavitcher. I mean, as a Lubavitcher, forget it. My grandfather came to Gush Katif when he was 80 years old. Simply so he should be schlepped out with the residents who were dragged out kicking and screaming when Israel took Gaza and gave it back to Yamach Shemam, the Arab terrorists who used it, as we know now, to do nothing more than harm Israelis. And I told my mother earlier, I said, everybody knew this. Everybody knew that this was their intention from day one. Everybody knew what bloodthirsty, violent, vicious, depraved, rabid animals they are. Everyone except AOC and Trashida Talib. It's unbelievable. But here we are. This is the aftermath of Amalek unleashing its evil from the depth of hell onto the Jewish people. And there are so many things that we need to talk about. And there are so many things that we need to unpack. And there are so many feelings we need to feel. And there are so many tears that we need to cry. And so many funerals that we need to attend. And this is just the beginning of a very long process of internalizing and facing what has just happened to our people, to Am Yisrael. <sighs> and the monumental impact it will have on the world. 
as we see now, as things slowly come to light, as the stories come to light, as the images are being shared on social media, as the shock and horror at what took place in Israel on Shabbos, on Simchas Torah, to innocent Israelis reverberates around the world. And there's a silver lining, and we're going to discuss some positivity here today, because that's all we have. All we have is the way we are going to handle this. All we have is our attitude. All we have is our faith. All we have is our perspective and our approach to handling these difficult times. And these are very difficult times. These are the darkest times for our people in this generation and last generation. Because even in the Holocaust, they knew they were on foreign soil and they had simply been duped into believing they were safe. But in Eretz Yisrael, for a Jew to go to sleep at night and to wake up in hell, in absolute hell, how could that happen in Eretz Yisrael? How could that happen? And let me tell you, as an Israeli citizen, if I lived in any other country, and I was the citizen of any other country in the world, and such a thing happened on the watch of the government, whose one job was to keep me safe, I would leave. I would leave. Who the heck stays in a country that can't keep their innocent, their most innocent and vulnerable safe, especially those who choose to live in the most vulnerable areas of the country as heroes. I, I have asked myself, how could people live on the South? How could people live in Hebron? In, in how do people live surrounded by the enemy like this on the border where people on the other side want to murder them? How? How do you go to sleep at night? But someone has to live there. Somebody has to live the closest to the Gaza border. And these people died Kedoshim. They really did. And you know what? When I think about Rabbi Akiva, and this is something we've told our children, and no Jewish child doesn't know the details of the gruesome way Rabbi Akiva died. When we talk about how they combed the skin off his body. <sighs> and how he smiled and thanked Hashem for the opportunity to die a Kadesh. That's what these people were. They're Kadeshim. They are our Kadeshim. And their Neshamas are in the highest levels of Gan Eden. And though they may have suffered things that we can never imagine, now they are in peace. And we are the ones suffering. And we are the ones mourning. And we are the ones who are in hell. But we're going to handle this. And we have people who taught us how. Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor, wrote Man's Search for Meaning, one of the most powerful Holocaust books. He held that life is going to include suffering. I mean, anyone who's read a Holocaust book knows that. But a human being has the ultimate freedom to how he responds to the circumstances. And so long that we are alive, and so long that we are breathing, and so long that we have the opportunity to make something of this tragedy, to turn it around, to face it with the right attitude, and to find meaning in it all. That's how we fight. That's how we participate in this war. Simply by approaching this with the right attitude. And I'm speaking to myself. Because I've had a very hard time processing all of this, as we all have. But for me to leave Israel, for me to leave Israel, I am the land for goodness sake. What am I going to tell my podcast listeners? What am I going to tell my Instagram followers? 
What am I going to tell the friends I left behind? Who leaves Israel in the middle of a war? Who leaves their homeland when it's fighting for its life? But you know what? I have to do what's right for my kids. And honestly, the last five days have been the scariest five days of my life. Before we left to the airport, my phone was ringing nonstop. I was getting sirens to my phone's notifications that there were infiltrations up north. And Hezbollah was sending parachuters into Israel. And my phone did not stop dinging. And all I could think about was what these wicked, evil Cretans were going to do to innocent Jews. Anyone they could get their hands on. And the fear, honestly, the fear that struck my heart was like nothing else. I've never felt so cornered. I've never felt so threatened. And I looked around and I saw my kids, my innocent, beautiful, idealistic, holy, wonderful children. And I thought, I don't want them to feel this. And it's my job to protect them from from pain and from suffering when I can. And to offer them an alternative reality so that maybe one day they can look back and say, remember the war? Remember how difficult that was? But you know what I remember? I remember my mother being happy and being besimcha and being positive and being upbeat and finding the light and sharing positive things on social media and speaking to people around the world on our podcast and telling them that they should be strong and that we're in this together and they're going to be okay. And that's what I want for my kids. So I'm here in Florida, but my heart is in Israel. My mind is in Israel. My WhatsApp groups are in Israel. And I have to tell you the things that I have seen, the positivity that I have seen, the goodness and kindness, the generosity, the enthusiasm for this war effort, the strength. It's just something that will remain with me for the rest of my life. Not that I expected anything less from the amazing women in my community, but let me just share with you a little bit about what's going on in Beit Shemesh, uh, starting from early this morning when the women immediately got on their WhatsApp groups and started coordinating what the kids can do today to be productive and useful and helpful in this difficult time. So the first conversation was, how are we going to get detergent to our boys? Because apparently our boys need their clothes washed and there's a lot of laundry to be done. So the women spent about three hours trying to figure out what kind of liquidless detergent they could send to the boys, powder, liquid, sheets, how we can get it there. Would it make sense if it's maybe liquid will be more messy? What if it broke in a bag? Should it smell good? What if the boys don't like the smell? The drama, the enthusiasm, the passion that went into discussing whether we should send Tide or Ariel or Persil, how many measurements each packet should have, where we're going to get more donations from. I mean, the, the love for these boys from Israelis around the country... I don't think there's another army in the world that has this. I don't. There's there's nowhere like Israel. There is no one like the Israelis. There are no people like the Jewish people. The detail, the conversation that ensued about detergent in the WhatsApp group, even I was like, just send them any, send them a bar of soap. They will figure it out. It's actually pretty funny. One woman was like, I think it might be worth asking if they're going to actually be accepting this kind of stuff before sending and if it's going to be useful for them. And someone was like, quote, women smuggling drugs hidden in boxes of tzitzis into bases across the country. Like, what are we sending? We're sending tzitzis. What are we sending? We're sending detergent. There's no problems. As a matter of fact, there was, <laughs> there was a group in one of the WhatsApp, a message in one of the WhatsApps. I got such a laugh. 
I totally related to this. They sent this around. Israeli soldiers are asking Ashkenazi families to stop sending them food. The situation is difficult enough for them as it is. <laughs> you gotta have humor. You gotta have some humor in this to survive it. So that was the first uh, batch of drama taking place in the WhatsApp group this morning. It was actually really delightful in so many ways and just so necessary for everyone's emotional well-being to be able to connect in this way and be productive. You gotta hear this. Someone shared in the WhatsApp group something called Pen Pals, P-E-N-N, Pals. Hey there, we're Eliana and Yitzi Tanner, students at the University of Pennsylvania in the city of Philadelphia. We and the incredible Jewish community here at Penn are sending our warmest thoughts and prayers to Israel and we're eager to lend a helping hand. We understand that times are tough with school closures and many parents being called up for reserve duty and we want to make it a little easier for you and your children. We have a fantastic team of 20 Penn students who would love to connect with your, with your kids over Google Meet. Whether it's tutoring English, tutoring other subjects, or just hanging out, good old-fashioned hanging out, we're here for it. And all the information to make that happen. So I thought that was absolutely delightful. Another fantastic story that someone shared is about a soldier named Guy who was off-duty and celebrating Simchas when he heard what happened. So he jumped in a police car and together they headed south along the way, killing several terrorists and evacuating a wounded soldier. They were being shot from all directions and were eventually shot in their legs. They stopped the car, rolled into a ditch. From there, he and the officer kept killing terrorists. Then he made himself a field turkinet waited for our soldiers to come. When the Israelis found him, he was lying there surrounded by 20 dead terrorists. And the Israelis thought that he was one of the terrorists. He had no kayak to even say he's Israeli. This is so heartbreaking. And then someone said, look, he's wearing tzitzis. He's wearing tzitzit. He's one of us. He's Jewish. And they evacuated him and brought him to the hospital where he is currently recovering. And you should just know the girls in my neighborhood tied and packed hundreds of pairs of tzitzis. I don't think there's a chayal in this country, a boy over the age of 13 in this entire country that doesn't have six pairs of tzitzis ready to go at their side thanks to the amazing women, the amazing Jewish women all around the country, even in Tel Aviv, who packed and prepared and tied the tzitzis so that every single one of our soldiers should go into war confident that Hashem is with them. I'm just looking through the WhatsApp list and there's just so much conversation about detergent. Seriously. Like, what the heck? Just wear dirty clothes. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's a beautiful thing to know that you are loved and that uh, the kids around Israel are sending notes and letters and cards. And it's just beautiful. And it really, really does make a difference because I- I'm watching the Chaylim share the videos of themselves opening up the letters and reading them and laughing and enjoying all the support. I saw a tank covered in in cards and pictures that kids made. It's really been phenomenal. Like someone said here, we're still distributing gift cards to families placed in our community from the South. Please reach out if you would like to contribute to this fund. Just nonstop, the amount of people that have been dislocated and rehomed in the last four days around the country, efficiently and warmly and with the highest level of Hachnas' Archim is just absolutely phenomenal phenomenal, and something we should be very, very proud of. Um, okay, then things, like I said, got a little more intense. Shabbos TV. At the request of the Home Front Command and the Chief Rabbinate of Israel, during the coming Shabbos in Israel, Channel 14 will be Gal Sheket to be used for the Shabbos observant public. During Shabbat, Home Front Command personnel will be on the channel. And when necessary, they will go on the air and deliver life-saving instructions. The rest of the time, the channel will be in silent mode. The silent wave will also provide an answer to the hard-of-hearing public 
and the instructions will also appear in text slides and the channel will also be broadcast on the Edan Plus system. Under the guidance of the chief rabbis of Israel, the channel must be left on before Shabbos. So that's something that everyone was talking about. And then suddenly, and I actually saw this on a telegram group, a missile landed in Beit Shemesh. A missile landed in Beit Shemesh. So the siren went off, everyone ran into their safe rooms, and then everyone started, is, is everyone okay? That was really loud, that was really scary. It hit something, Hashem Yerachim. And uh, it turns out that a missile landed in Beit Shemesh in an uh, open field, but Baruch Hashem, there were no injuries, and everybody uh, seems to be okay, physically at least. Then they shared after Beit Shemesh residents filmed a rocket falling near the city and posted the video online. Hamas then shared it on their platforms and people need to be very, very careful not to share information about where rockets are falling and help, God forbid, our evil, evil enemies. Someone else shared that their son, his startup, has developed an app that may help you if you're suffering from anxiety, stress, and even depression. Takes moments to use daily and it has really helped me clear my mind and feel better. They made it available for people living in Israel for free. So I'm going to put a link in my show notes. If you're living in Israel, you can try that out. Spreadsheets for meals. People are putting together food for the Chaylim for Shabbos. Cooked salads, challahs, desserts, drinks. Really amazing. I mean, these the, 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 the chesed knows no bounds. Another forward, if, if you or anyone you know has been hurt in the recent events of terrorism in Israel and you need physical therapy, we welcome you to the Physiotherapy Center of Echemesh at Labriut Health Clinic for free. And then after coming out of the mamad, coming out of the safe rooms, and after doing the school Zooms, and after being busy cooking and arranging and, you know, just being in a war effort. I mean, we're in a freaking war effort. I'll I, I tell you, I don't think it's sunk in. Uh, the, uh, the community got in their cars. All the girls and boys and all the men and women with the biggest flags that they could get their hands on. And they drove through Beit Shemesh, waving their flags, honking their horns, singing and playing inspirational, exciting Jewish music to boost the morale of the community. And to remind everyone that the Jews cannot be broken, cannot be broken. You cannot break our spirits. You can take everything from us. You can take everything from us in the most brutal, depraved way possible but you cannot take our belief and our faith and our commitment to Hashem and our faith. And that's why Am Yisrael is rising to the occasion and flooding, flooding Shemayim with mitzvahs like you've never seen. Another incredible message today. Danielle Deitch and her husband are collecting money for families to do a little shopping. We're collecting money to purchase gift cards to many of the stores in the Merkaz, so the, in the Merkaz, in our center town, in the center of town, so the families can go on their own and purchase things they need and feel, quote, independent. So people shouldn't feel like schleppers. That I added. We purchased one from the ice cream store, candy store, toy store, Bizarre Strauss and Yesh for each family. Just... I just there's no words there's really just no words family came from Ashkelon straight to RBS they need shelters they need clothing immediately people respond it's just great another uh, a bit of uh, comedic relief a company in Israel who sells schnitzel put stickers on their schnitzel uh, saying schnitzel milchama hamas yamutu <laughs> that's the name of the filet schnitzel from the war where Hamas are gonna die they have to be really flat schnitzels. Bomb down to a pulp. 150 individual Shabbos packs for Chaylem in the South. Here's a picture I'll put in the WhatsApp group. Unbelievable. Just And of course, people are making challah and, and sharing those videos. It, it's and, and learning and the girls are getting together and the boys are getting together. Cards and letters for Chaylem. Keychains. Tfilah Sederach keychains. 
That was another activity that the kids were busy with today. Really beyond. Okay, now that we um, shared a little bit about what's going locally, let's continue with the chizuk and a little bit of the hard facts on the ground because I know some of you are being careful and rightfully so uh, of how much social media um, you're taking in, how much news you're watching because at this point, the less you see, the better. Lucky for you, you have Hanala Music here giving you the real-time Israel Defense and Security News as I have filtered them throughout the day. Okay, let's see. In no specific order, Germany. Palestinian aid has been suspended from Germany and Hamas activity in Germany is now illegal. It's also illegal to say free Palestine in France. So maybe there is some hope for Europe, even though I highly doubt it, but yes. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Friday, tomorrow, and if you're listening to this on Friday today, hopefully you are safe and sound indoors, watching over your shoulder, making sure that everybody is accounted for. Hamas calls on the West Bank and Israeli Arabs to rise up on Friday. So this is in Israel. Tomorrow, aside from the fact that missiles have been launched at Israel nonstop, nonstop since Saturday through funerals, while people are just still looking for their children, while people are still waiting for a plot so they can bury their entire family, the Cretans, the Palestinian Arab Cretans, are going to be rioting in another day of rage. If it wasn't so horrific, it would be, it would be, I don't even know what it would be. It's just hard to even put a label on the perversity the depravity of these people. There's just... Uh, Tel Aviv citizens demand that Gaza Street be renamed to Nachal Oz Street. And I saw a video clip today of Israeli citizens putting a massive sticker on the street sign. I believe there's one in Yerushalayim as well. Um, Gaza Street and calling it instead Nachal Oz Street and demanding that the government immediately remove any street signs that say Gaza. Free legal help. Israel's leading firms provide the residents of the South with guidance, counseling, and support services regarding various legal aspects for free. Rockets. Short-range rockets were frequent throughout the day and continued, like I said, one fell even in Beit Shemesh. IDF spokesman Daniel Hagari says the military has so far notified the families of 97 hostages being held by Hamas from countries all over the world. I mean, this is a international affair. There are countries all around the world. Americans, I believe, have 28 of their citizens being held hostage by Hamas right now. I mean, the scope of this crisis is, and it is a crisis, until these children, these mothers, these grandmothers, these families, these soldiers are returned to us, we are in full crisis mode. La Familia. I don't know if you've heard of La Familia, but they are a, (laughs) they're basically a mafia here in Israel. They're a Jewish mafia, legit. And they showed up to the hospitals to, quote, visit the genocidal terrorists being treated as it's permitted by Israeli law. And now, apparently, the staff in the, in, in the hospitals protected their patients with their bodies. I think the hospitals got intimidated enough because they, ne- they then demanded the terrorists be transferred and refused as more were brought in. The terrorists are being taken to a prison with medical facilities. It's a very big uh point of contention here in Israel, the way terrorists are treated, the way they're hospitalized um, because we're humane and we don't let terrorists just bleed out if we're if they're taken in alive. Um, but to see a terrorist in the hospital alongside a victim 
of the Hamas depravities is just, it's too hard to map, to wrap your, your mind around. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, hang, in, hang them up in Tel Aviv. Hang them up in Times Square. I don't care where you hang. Hang them up. Don't give them Tylenol or a Band-Aid or water. Nothing. You get nothing except a bullet in your head. IDF soldiers retrieving twin infants who were found hidden in a mamad for 14 hours after their parents were slaughtered. In a first statement since the war between Israel and Hamas terrorist groups in the Gaza Strip, IDF Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi says Israel will do everything it can to return the hostages taken by the Hamas terrorists. We are five days after a murderous, brutal, and surprising incident. The slaughter by the murderous Hamas terrorists, the human animals, our children, our wives, and our people, is animalistic. It's inhumane. You know what? It's not animalistic. Because animals don't kill each other just for the heck of it. You ever see animals just attack another animal and savagely torture it just for the kicks? No. They take what they need, they eat what they need, and they leave each other alone. Otherwise, these, uh, these are not animals. It's an insult to animals to call them animals. The IDF is fighting merciless terrorists who have committed unimaginable acts. Yahawa Sinwar, the ruler of the Gaza Strip, decided on this horrible attack, and therefore he and the entire system under him are doomed. We will attack them, we will dismantle them, and dismantle their system. The IDF is responsible for the security of the country and its citizens, and on Saturday morning in the area surrounding the Gaza Strip, we did not handle it. We learn, we will learn, we will investigate, but now it's time for war. Now it is time for war. We are killing many terrorists, many commanders, destroying terror infrastructure, that supported this terrible, brutal crime. Gaza will not look the same. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but you can now get a Gaza Lego, Lego set. It's basically just brown and gray Lego pieces. A massive pile of them. <laughs> uh, you gotta laugh. Um, all right. The IDF continues to vigorously attack terrorist infrastructure. Um, 6,000 bombs have been dropped so far against Hamas terrorist targets. In the morning, dozens of fighter jets, helicopter gunships, and aircraft of the IDF attacked a series of terrorist targets of the organization, terrorist organization Hamas throughout the Gaza Strip. In the meantime, the IDF eliminated a commander. Okay, th these are all just details from the IDF about the actions they're taking to keep Israeli citizens and the world in the know. 6,000 bombs weighing 4,000 tons have been dropped on the Gaza Strip. And don't worry, there is no shortage of ammunition. There is no shortage of military equipment. America is funneling in whatever Israel needs. And we are good to go in that respect. Body identification, 361 out of the 854 bodies of civilians brought to the Ravenet are identified along with 222 soldiers. A couple hours later, the names bring the toll of slain soldiers to 247. Ooh, this is painful. It's really, really painful. There was also a terrorist attack in the old city of Yerushalayim today. A Palestinian uh, was shooting police. There were some injuries, but thank God he was eliminated. That insult to the deepest injury. Steyrot was evacuated. People were sent to hotels for their safety. I mean, if you think about what Israelis are going through just all day, every day, it's just, it's just beyond. Um, the United States Department of State, U.S. government to assist U.S. citizens in departing Israel. So the Department of State has no higher priority than the safety and security of U.S. citizens overseas. Starting Friday, October 13th, 
the U.S. government will arrange a charter flight to or charter flights to assist U.S. citizens and their immediate family members who have been unable to book commercial transit and seek a safe means of departing Israel. From these locations, individuals will be able to make... Okay, so basically, America is helping its citizens leave. I was on the flight this morning. It was packed. God Elbaz was on my flight. Uh, A woman named uh, Miss Landau was on my flight. Her father actually was the man who paid for my elementary school, Lante Yeshiva. And when she started telling me her story, I was like, are you kidding? I went to Landa Yeshiva. She's like, my father, he paid for, he, he donated money for the school. Landa, I was like, yeah, I was a student there. Um, the guy sitting next to me, well, across the aisle from me, his son is a lone soldier. And he is a member of my uncle Yankee, Felix Scholl. And he told me that his son has been keeping him in the know, sending him messages all throughout the day and night. He also described an incident where he had to pull over at the side of the road during a siren. And he offered the young woman next to him who was crouched on the floor to lie on top of her. And he told her, I'm, you're 20, I'm 70. Just, you know, my life is, has been lived. Let me, let me give you that protection because, you know, statistically, um, I could save your life. I mean, just to hear these things. And there was a woman on our flight who was at the rave party, was at the dance party, a woman from Venezuela. There was press in Miami International Airport when she arrived just beyond. All right. Now back to your security. Minister of Foreign Affairs warns the Hamas leadership issued a call to all their supporters in the world to observe a day of rage on Friday. I, I, I just A call to go out and harm Israelis and Jews. In light of this, the National Security Headquarters and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs recommended that all Israelis staying abroad be vigilant, stay away from the demonstrations and protests, and if necessary... Keep in touch with the local security forces about the possibility, about the possible demonstrations, events in their surroundings. Guys, stay safe. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? Who the heck knows? I will tell you that Hamas has unleashed a monster. It has given permission. It has declared open hunting season by showing the world how they feel, how they believe, according to their religion, a Jew should be treated. A human being should be treated. And this is only going to give more courage to their sick Islamic jihadi followers who are going to use tomorrow as an opportunity to, to commit crimes. So stay safe wherever you are. Stay indoors. And uh, watch your back. Watch your back, Kinderlach. Watch your back. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu spoke tonight at a swearing-in of the National Emergency Government at the Knesset. And uh, he basically updated everyone on what's going on. He said, from the depths of our hearts, we embrace the families who have lost loved ones, the families of the victims, and of course, the murdered, and of course, the families of the abducted. The pain is so great that sometimes it seems that it is too heavy to bear, and the grief is also very heavy. It feels, it's felt in every home. To all the families, we send a loving embrace and heartfelt support. I receive regular updates from the person I appointed to be responsible on the issue of the abductees. We will not slack it in the effort to bring them home. At the same time, we are united in the same great determination against the abhorrent and murderous enemy. Our marvelous soldiers, conscripts, and reservists came out in vast numbers, many from overseas in packed planes because they understood that this is the moment of truth. This truly is a war over home, and it must end with one thing, complete victory and the smashing and elimination of Hamas. Then he compared Hamas to ISIS and said that the same way ISIS was destroyed, Hamas has to be destroyed. We are facing the same enemy. I have always said and reiterated, every time there was a terrorist attack or a murder perpetrated perpetrated by Hamas or one of the other organizations, I said, 
this, I said this when the family was murdered in their car or a bus was blown up. I said, this individual case teaches a general rule. If they could do this, they could murder us all. He said, remember what Amalek did to you. That's ringing in our ears. Today we are uniting forces in order to ensure the eternity of Israel. We have a strong country, a strong government, a strong people, and a strong military with a sense of mission and a clinging to that mission, both on the front line and on the home front. We have faith in our path. We will find those accursed murderers, those human beasts with full force, and we will defeat them. We will wipe them off the face of the earth. The time will come when we will rebuild the destroyed communities. We will rebuild the area around the Gaza Strip, and we will restore it to a flourishing and prosperous area. He thanked everyone. The sword of David has been pulled from the scabbard, and the bow of Jonathan will not go back. I am certain that from the swords of iron war, we will emerge stronger than ever before. As it says in Tehillim, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the continents of his friend. Together, with God's help, we will ensure our complete victory. I found that rather reassuring. That said, Bibi's going to have to go, but that's for another time. All right, a few things that I saved on Twitter that I wanted to share with you. This is from Gareth Cliff. A very powerful message he wrote that went viral. He wrote, I am not a Jew. I'm not a citizen of Israel. I haven't even visited Israel. I don't trace my religion back to a holy site in Jerusalem, and I don't have a problem with Arabs or Muslims or Christians. I've read about Abraham, Moses, David, and Solomon, uh, the Umiyads, the Abbasids, and the Ottomans. I know about the British, the Balfour Declaration, Ben-Gurion, and Golda Meir. I know a little bit about the Six-Day War and the Intifada. I might not have any personal stake in the Holy Land, but humanity certainly does, and I am a human being. The women, men, children, elderly people, and soldiers who were kidnapped, tortured, raped, humiliated, and murdered on Shabbos by Hamas in sovereign Israel were human beings too. Those who did it to them are not. Imagine what kind of rationale and ethical gymnastics you have to do to justify the cold blooded murder of teenagers at a music festival, or watching a child perhaps five years old being prodded with a stick and made to cry for his mother in Hebrew while children of a similar age laugh and mock him. We don't know that child's fate, and for all we know, what followed may have been much worse. It's depraved. To even enter a conversation about these disgraceful facts with a rehearsed retort about territory or Gaza being an open-air prison reeks of moral bankruptcy. If you wail and scream about your land, dignity, rights, oppression, and poverty, but are willing to murder, rape, kidnap, torture, or humiliate children, then I don't want to listen to you for your reasons. When the video footage, photographs, and stories of Saturday's carnage came not from Israeli propaganda, but from the Hamas terrorists themselves, then how am I to read anything else into it but that you want credit for those atrocities? You want me to know what you did. You want me to know that you're proud of it. You want me to see you for who you are. Well, I do. So if you swarmed the Israeli embassy in London waving Palestinian flags and calling for genocide, if you went down to Times Square to celebrate a victory for decolonization against apartheid Israel, if you sang along to gaz the Jews' chants at the Sydney Opera House or hung a one settler, one bullet Palestinian flag over Greystone Bridge in Johannesburg, then you're telling me who you are. Well, I see you and you're my enemy. It's always interesting to note that only Western liberal democracies tolerate the most heinous arguments and positions in public protests. You couldn't pick it on the side of quite laudable things like education for girls in Taliban Afghanistan or gay rights in Syria or against the death penalty in Saudi Arabia. The Ayatollahs of Iran wouldn't allow women to protest the hijab there 
under threats of violence. But London, New York, Sydney, and even Johannesburg will embrace marches where people actively call for genocide. This is not how allies behave. Perhaps when the dust has settled, we can examine the insidious links between Anglo-American leftism and anti-Semitism, between Europe never reckoning with what happened in the Holocaust and their growing Muslim populations, and between ignorant regimes... Regimes like mine in South Africa and their determination to stand alongside the worst human right abusers in the Middle East. I thought that was fantastic. <sighs> Amazing videos of Japanese people singing and holding up Israeli flags. A very powerful video from Dove Heiken, who I had on the show. He spent the day at Mount Herzl in Yerushalayim, where there were 30 funerals, one after the other, for IDF soldiers killed while protecting civilians from Hamas barbarism. Barbarism. I'm going to share that clip with you here. I'm here at the cemetery at Har Herzl, witnessing the 30 burials of Israeli soldiers, one after the other. 1,300 Jews were murdered, 1,300 Jews massacred the most brutal way imaginable been standing here for a great number of hours watching mothers fathers grandparents bury their young sons who risked their life to try to protect the innocent civilians uh very sad my heart hurts i thank god i'm here I have the opportunity to share some of the pain with the people of Israel, with families of those who were murdered. And I want to take this opportunity to thank our president, President Biden. God knows we have differences on many issues. And also Secretary of State Blinken for their powerful, amazing statements of support for Israel that anyone who watched it saw that that came from the heart. And then he went on to have a complete meltdown on Trump, who, you know, said all the wrong things. I don't think his intention was to hurt anyone, but sometimes he just puts his big gold foot into his mouth. Um, this was pretty uh, encouraging. More than 350 faculty members at Harvard delivered an open letter to the Harvard community this morning, unequivocally denouncing the mass murder and kidnapping of non-combatants and rejecting the false equivalence between war crimes and self-defense, and shared that letter, which I will basically summarize. They write in the letter that um, they condemn and they believe that the entire university should echo President Gay's clear condemnation of mass murder and the dismaying statement, the dismaying statement today by the leaders of Harvard's religion and public life programs in the Divinity School shows that there's still work to be done. And they attached a letter that, sh that sends an important message to the Harvard community and beyond that the university rejects any support of terrorism or false equivalences between the targeted killings of civilians and collective self-defense. Only after terrorism is rejected can dialogue on the best path forward began, begin. Um, we at the faculty of Harvard are deeply concerned about the events in the Middle East, as well as the safety of our students here on campus. And they described what Hamas did, how they launched a premeditated attack on the Israeli population. Hundreds of terrorists infiltrated Israeli towns and houses. Children were killed in front of their parents. Entire families were executed. Grandmothers, mothers, and their babies were kidnapped. 
All in all, more than 900 Israelis were killed in a single day, and the death toll is continuing to grow. There's also been deaths on the Palestinian side, blah, blah, blah. Every death is a tragedy. Yet this should not mislead us to create false equivalences between the actions leading to this loss. Hamas planned and executed the murder and kidnapping of civilians, particularly women, children, and the elderly, with no military or other specific objective. This meets the definition of a war crime. The Israeli security forces are engaging in self-defense against this attack while dealing with numerous hostage situations and a barrage of thousands of rockets hidden deliberately in dense urban settings. I don't have to tell you all this. You guys know this well. Here at the university, we are aimed at educating future leaders. This could have been a teaching moment and an opportunity to remind our students that beyond our political debates, some acts such as war crimes are simply wrong. However, the statement by Harvard at Harvard administrations, the statement by Harvard's administrations fell short of this goal. While justly denouncing Hamas, it still contributed to the false equivalency between attacks on non-combatants and self-defense against these atrocities. And then they it's signed by dozens and dozens, I mean, maybe two, 300, 400, 500 names, more. I'm looking at it, like a never-ending list. So that's encouraging. Um... There was some issue with Starbucks. Their workers' union celebrated the massacre, and then Starbucks uh, released a, a statement saying that they, they're disavowing, and that kind of just, you know, kept people off coffee for about half an hour. I don't think anyone, not even Hamas, is going to get between American Jews and their coffee. Um, a truck was sent around that caused Harvard students to freak out when they saw their faces and their names on the screen, the side of the truck had big screens with their names and faces, basically exposing them as people who support Hamas. Hamas, um, Harvard's leading anti-Semites, that's what the sign said, and named the 34 students, 34 students who claimed Israel was entirely responsible for the Hamas attacks. Good. Let them see it. Let them be shamed publicly. Geraldo Rivero wrote, tweeted out, saying that the atrocities perpetrated by Hamas were somehow justified because of conditions in Gaza is reminiscent of all those mass murderers who say they committed their heinous acts because they were bullied or abused as children. That was a very good point. All right, folks, I know that it's been a very intense week. You're drained. You're emotional. You have bouts of crying. You're trying to be joyful. You're trying to find the meaning, the light, the inspiration in all of this, and it's actually really, really hard. It is. It's really, really hard. And I, I was going to a very dark place this morning um, to a point that my husband said, you know what, maybe we should have left you in Israel with the terrorists. <laughs> but it's hard. It, it, it is hard. But we can do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to heal, and we're going to destroy our enemies, and we're going to unite in the face of terror, and we're going to bring light into the world because that's what we do. That's what the Jewish people do. You can do whatever you want to us physically, but spiritually, we are united. We are one people. We are connected to the land of Israel. We are connected to each other. We are connected to God. And we are going to get through this and we are going to emerge victoriously. Mark my words. We are going to see tremendous revealed miracles. So hang on to your gut guess. Stay positive and uh, keep doing good things. I'm going to put links in my show notes so that you can... Uh, donate to all the organizations that are collecting money from generous people abroad um, in this war effort to help the Israeli soldiers finish the job. So I'll put links for you and um, hopefully get back here next week. I'm in a recording studio 
and in Fort Lauderdale. So uh, I'll do my best to come back and record during my stay here in Florida. And uh, I bless you all with peace and uh, just good news. Only good news, only simchas. Uh, don't forget to like the podcast, share it, send it to a friend or two if you feel like this is information they can use or has something that perhaps can provide them with some comfort. And uh, reach out. You can leave me a speak pipe. You can send me an email. Everything is going to be in my show notes. And I will hopefully be back uh, next week. Stay positive. Increase in acts of goodness and kindness. And uh, hopefully I'll be back with only good news in the coming days.